Hello and welcome to HIPCAST, the podcast here to improve hip fracture care. From the ANZHFR, I'm research assistant Neve Ramsey and joining me on the last podcast episode of 2021 today, I have registry co-chairs Professor Jackie Close, Professor Ian Harris, Associate Professor Catherine McDougall and Australian Registry Manager Jamie Hallen. Before we begin, we would like to acknowledge the Gadigal people of the Eora Nation as the traditional custodians of the lands on which we live and work at the ANZHFR and share this acknowledgement of all traditional landowners across the lands that you may be tuning in from. We pay our respects to elders past, present and emerging. Welcome everyone. Now 2021 has seen our team grow and change quite significantly. We've said goodbye to Elizabeth Armstrong, our previous Australian Registry Manager, introduced Jamie Hallen as our new Australian Registry Manager this year, and we're about to officially welcome Associate Professor Catherine McDougall as the new ANZHFR Orthopaedic Co-Chair. A review of this year would not be complete without mentioning COVID-19. So Jamie, to begin, what changes have we made at the ANZ HFR to better stay in touch with our community virtually? Thanks, Dave. Well, I think welcoming you to the team um, has played a big part in that. So thank you. I think everyone who's been <laughs> listening to HIPCAST will be familiar with the wonderful job you've done hosting the weekly episodes. And the podcast series really has been a great way of connecting with the hip fracture community and I guess giving people access to the experts and an alternative to watching the recorded lectures and we look forward to that continuing into 2022. With your social media savviness the registry has also been active on Twitter at ANZHFR for anyone who's not yet following us and LinkedIn as well. Uh, we've continued with our newsletters, but changed the format uh, a bit to make it easier to be in touch with su subscribers more regularly. And we've been working on a new look website, which we hope to launch by the end of the year. And we uh, have the aim of making it easier for people involved with the registry or working to improve hip fracture care to find resources. Definitely. There's been a lot of work going on behind the scenes. Jackie, how did COVID-19 impact our HIPFest events and what are we anticipating this will look like for next year? Yeah, the pesky little virus certainly impacted our ability to, to meet face-to-face, -face. Um, and that's the same for, for a lot of people um, across the world. So we've had, we had to pivot to doing webinars and Zooms instead of face-to-face -face contact. And, and, you know, the reality is we had more people logging in and listening to some of the work that's going on. And I guess the Zoom and webinars are a very good way to impart factual information. Um, so, so there are good things about it. You can get information out there to a lot of people very easily, and it's convenient as well. And the registry is very much about data, but the registry is also about the stories, about what people have done to improve care in one particular area, some of the challenges and barriers, um, some of the successes, and that's really hard to do on Zoom. So that part of it, I, I personally have really missed that face-to-face -face contact with clinical teams, that ability to share the stories. So there are good and bad things about moving to, to the Zoom and webinar platform. Next year, next year we, we hope to start visiting um, the different states again. That, that's certainly the intention. Um, how many of them we'll be able to visit, it's not clear at this point in time. But one thing we are hoping um, to do in October, so the Global Fragility Fracture Network 
um, Congress is in Melbourne in October next year. So the day before, on the 19th of October, we're hoping to have a, an Australian-New Zealand hip fracture registry um, day where we'll, we'll hopefully be able to have international speakers at that, but also go back to that sharing of stories. So, so yeah, a, a, a mix, to be perfectly honest, Neve. Well, fingers crossed and hopefully we can see more of people than just their shoulders and their heads. We'll be able to see them walking around with legs, hopefully by 2022. That'd be exciting. Ian, what aspects of ANZHFR's 2021 annual report findings were you most happy to see for hip fracture care and patient outcomes? Um, well, the, the thing about the report this year um, was that it really focused on the um, the, the quality indicators. I mean, the report's always been there to report on the quality indicators, and they've always been buried in there amongst all the data. Um, but this year, you could really see because it was it was completely uh, centered around reporting to the indicators. Um, and look, the improvements haven't been all that dramatic. But there have been improvements. And if you, if you look across the board, you can see that things are getting a little bit better. And even um, in mortality. So this the other good thing about this year's report is this the first time we've reported um, identified hospital-level mortality over several years. And that's been something we've been trying to report using linked data. Um, and now we, we started it last year, but this time we've got a fuller report and we've got the hospitals identified. Um, and you, you can see improvements. Now, it's interesting that when the UK registry started, one of the most dramatic things they showed was big improvements in mortality year on year for the first few years. Now, we've shown um, some mild improvements. But what's interesting is that after many years of the UK registry showing improvements year on year in 30-day mortality, they finally got down to a level which is around about where we are. So I think we kind of started pretty good. Um, but uh, to me, the, the, this year's report was like, uh, you know, the, the best report we've ever put out regards the results, but also regarding the way it was laid out and the amount of information um, that was contained. And if I can just wrap it on for a little bit longer, um, it's, it's interesting now that the report is, any report is so good, it's also to some extent become a little bit obsolete because our systems of online reporting now are so good that each site can pull data on their own hospital, on uh, uh, the registry as a whole um, for each of those quality indicators and can basically generate their own mini report every day if they want. Um, so anyway, that were my reflections on, on this year's report. And Ian, you're referring to the Digital National Report, is that right? Yeah. Yeah, well, we'll have that available on the new website as well for easy access for sites. So stay tuned on that one. On the topic of quality indicators, this year we announced the inaugural ANZHFR Golden Hip Award for Princess Alexandra Hospital in Queensland, Australia, and Watamata District Health Board's North Shore Hospital in New Zealand as the winners. Jackie, can you share why we introduced the award? And for those who have seen the glorious golden hips floating around, what do sites need to do to get their hands on one next year? Yeah, that was so. It was a bit of fun this year. Um, I think in in health we are very good at um, pointing out where performance isn't good, and in fact we penalise hospitals when performance isn't good. And what we are not so good at is actually acknowledging when you see really good 
practice. And, and that's what the Golden Hip is about. So, so yes, it is fun, but actually it's awarded to hospitals that really have performed well against the quality um, standards. It's not, it, uh, the idea is not uh, generated through Australia and New Zealand. So Scotland have been doing this for a number of years. Ireland have done it for the last um, couple of years. So it seems, it seems sensible to adopt something that has proven to be well-liked um, in other countries. But in terms of, of winning the golden hip, so anybody out there who wants to win the golden hip, there's no point in just being good at one particular thing. And, and many hospitals have focused on one particular area, which, which is fine if you're starting to do some quality improvement activity and focusing on nerve blocks or time to surgery or secondary fracture prevention. You know, that's great. And that's how we tend to drive quality improvement initiatives. But to win the golden hip, you have to be good at everything. Otherwise, you won't win. So, so North Shore in New Zealand and the PA in Queensland are well-deserved um, winners of that award. Of course, the other thing, though, is um, there are hospitals where performance isn't great, but they've recognised that and they are doing things to put that right. So, so next year we will have a second award, and that award will be to the hospital that has made the most improvement over the preceding um, year. So, so very definitely, it's all about rewarding high quality care and people and hospitals that are trying to improve the care for hip fracture patients. Thank you, Jackie. Ian, let's talk about research. What can you tell us about the progress of our research subcommittee this year? Um, yeah, I think 2021 was the year that the, the research output um, and the research subcommittee really hit its stride. Um, it's been it's only been together for a few years, um, and we had lots of plans. But this year we had uh, lots of output, um, and uh, we've also we're starting to see fruition of the um, linked data set um, that we've got that Lara Harvey's been managing. And initially, that's New South Wales only, but we're trying to make it uh, at least Australia wide, and we're also trying to do that in. New Zealand, but uh, we're going to have a lot of uh, publications coming out of that. And 2021 was also the year we kicked off the sprint audits. And these are these small, um, usually sort of month-long um, focused questions where uh, sites who are happy to participate collect a little extra data uh, on one particular topic. And the first one we did this year was on, on patient nutrition. Um, and so we hope to see the publication of that sometime next year. And we have to do two of these sprint audits a year. So it's been good. It was a slow start, but it's been good that we're actually getting some, some research output. We're learning a bit more um, and we're getting more information from the data than we simply see in the annual report. That's the idea of the, of the research committee. So, yeah, it's been really good. Thanks, Ian. And Jamie, what other projects are coming up in 2022? Well, we've got an exciting year ahead. We're going to be doing uh, some more work focused on consumers. So we're seeking involvement of older people to tailor the way we report on hip fracture care and outcomes to consumers. Uh, we're also piloting a project to capture patient and carer experience in a hip fracture population so we'll be keen to talk 
with people who have a lived experience of hip fracture um, as either a patient or a, a relative or friend, and also to organisations who represent older people, clinicians and health agencies who've done work in this area. So I think that um, in addition to the core work and building on the work we've done this year will be um, make for a busy and exciting year ahead. Thanks, Jamie. What's been happening at the data management subcommittee meetings? So the data management committee has had a busy year and I guess it ties in with Ian's research update. So that uh, committee reviews the requests for access to registry data for research purposes and makes recommendations to the steering committee as well as facilitates the access to the de-identified data if the approval is granted. So the data management committee has reviewed quite a few requests this year and we've also tried to make the application both easier to find on the new website uh, and also the form, the data access request form, easier to actually complete and submit to us. The DMC also reviews the minimum data set and in 2022 there'll only be a few changes. One change is to the New Zealand ethnicity variable to improve the accuracy and consistency of ethnicity data in line with the relevant protocol in New Zealand. And the other changes were very minor. Uh, there's no new variables and we haven't retired any variables in 2022. So we'll be sending out that information on the uh, documentation needed for next year in the coming weeks to all the participating teams. Thanks, Jamie. Stay tuned for that one. As mentioned, we will be saying goodbye to Ian as the outgoing ANZHFL orthopaedic co-chair. Ian, reflecting on your past six years with the registry, what have been the highlights of your time as co-chair? Yeah, I think probably starting it was a highlight um, 10 years ago. Um, and I think 2016, when we produced the first um, patient-level uh, annual report, and we launched that at the same time as the um, Safety and Quality Commissions from both countries got together and produced the uh, clinical care standard for hip fracture um, and the quality indicators. And so to have all of those things produced and our first annual report, it was a big launch in 2016. That sort of launched the, the mature registry as, as we see it now. Um, but everything since then has been, you know, one improvement after another. And I think this year with the improvements on uh, online reporting, with the upcoming, you know, new website and with the new look report, uh, all our research output, I think 2021 has been a highlight as well. Wonderful, dear. And we'll introduce Catherine now. So Catherine's been involved in the registry for a while. So Catherine's an orthopaedic surgeon uh, from Prince Charles in, in Queensland and um, also actively involved in um, uh, administration, teaching, research, you know, as well as operating. Um, and she was for several years the um, Australian Orthopaedic Association official representative on the steering committee of the Hip Fracture Registry. So it's it's good to have someone who, you know, knows the registry. She's very keen on the registry um, and, and, a, and a hard worker. 
Um, and so to you know to hand over to someone like that is is great. And we've got Catherine here with us. Yeah, absolutely. So welcome, Catherine, um, as the incoming new orthopedic co-chair. Um, now, for those who don't know Catherine so well, I thought we could try some quick fire questions to get to know you. Um, are you ready, Catherine? I think I'm ready, Neve. Thanks. Okay. Firstly, where are you based? Uh, so as Ian said, I, I'm an orthopaedic surgeon in, in Brisbane. I, I work clinically at, at the Prince Charles Hospital and at STARS. They're both within Metro North uh, Hospital and Health Service. And I have a small appointment at St. Vincent's North Side. Great. And how long have you worked in orthopaedics? So I qualified as an orthopaedic surgeon. I finished my training at the end of 2013. So I've been a, a surgeon for eight years. But um, as a consultant, obviously, uh, as you know, Neve, there's a sort of a long uh, pathway to be able to get to that point. So, you know, I've worked in orthopaedics for probably about 15 years. And what's your area of interest? Uh, so I, I define myself as a general orthopaedic surgeon. I've done fellowships in, in arthroplasty, so joint replacement, hip and knee replacement. Um, and my interest really is, is that um, with uh, orthogeriatrics uh, and infection prevention. So, I, you know, I have carry a few hats um, in the different places that I work and manage really mainly lower limb arthroplasty and knock patients. And are you involved with any other organisations? Yes. Yeah, so um, I, I, I have an administrative or leadership role. I'm the director of surgery at, at STARS Hospital. Um, but then I have good variety in my job. I work for the Department of Health uh, a little under a day a week in the Getting It Right the First Time program, which is a program that also looks uh, at improving uh, patient outcomes by decreasing unwarranted variation. So a lot of the GERFT work and, you know, the principles of the registry work align very well together. Um, I've also been the AOA representative uh, on the hip fracture registry for a few years. So I'm, I'm quite linked with AOA as well. And why are you excited to become orthopedic co-chair of the ANZHFR? Well, I am very excited and a little nervous. I have big shoes to fill. Ian has done a magnificent job and is a real uh, leader in our field. So I'll be doing my best um, to, you know, to do a good job. I think the thing for, for me about the registry is that at the heart of it, clinicians want to do a good job for their patients. In the past, we haven't always had data available to tell us exactly how well we're doing, but also how, how we're doing compared to, you know, other people. And the registry gives us this information. It can compare our um, care against the quality standards. Um, it demonstrates exemplars, and, and we saw some of those through Golden Hip. And it also therefore allows us to, you know, to improve at the base level. So the trajectory of the registry over the last 10 years has been pretty extraordinary. Uh, and I think I'm coming in at a really exciting time, you know, with the benefit of the linked data, with more and more people on board, um, and the opportunity to be part of this great team. I'm very excited to be involved. We're excited to have you. Last question, outside of orthopaedics, what is your favourite way to spend your time? Uh, well, um, I'm a working mum. I have a little boy who's just turned five. Um, and, and so sometimes I get just simple joy of being outside and having some time to, 
to play with him at the beach or at the park or going for a walk. So uh, my life is down to quite simple pleasures <laughs> at the moment, but, you know, the outdoors and spending time with family is, is what I like to do to, to get balance. Fantastic. Well, we're looking forward to having you on board, Catherine. Thank you for joining us today. And thank you to our listeners for supporting HIPCAST and the ANZHFR's activities this year. It's safe to say we've had a very enjoyable and successful year over here at the registry, and we look forward to seeing what's in store for 2022. Wishing you all an enjoyable break and safe travels over this holiday period. Happy holidays, everyone. Thanks, everyone. Happy Christmas. Merry Christmas. Have a safe and restful break, everyone.